and I don't take that lightly, and uh, it's uh, such a blessing uh, here to, to the church, and, uh, and I want to encourage you, if you are not in a group and would like to be in a group, uh, uh, let's, uh, let's get you going, get, uh, get some people singing, and uh, we've had uh, just a blessing seeing the different groups. ask you to take your Bibles with me tonight to the Gospel of John want to go to John chapter 6 this evening, John chapter 6, and uh, then we uh, will be looking uh, mostly in this chapter this evening, John chapter 6, uh, but if I could also, well, we'll, we'll just stay right there, uh, John chapter 6 uh, this evening, and uh, then we'll, we'll look at a couple of other verses later. John chapter 6, when you find your place, let's stand as we read the Word of God this evening, and uh, we're going to look at a, a question here in the beginning in this latter portion of this chapter. It's a question that uh, the Lord Jesus uh, Christ asked the disciples and uh, the multitudes that were following him. Uh, we'll find uh, we've been dealing with offenses, and uh, I think we're, we're living in a very unique time in history. I think we're living in days just before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, the Lord said that uh, before that time would come, there would come a great falling away. In other words, there would be uh, a great offense, and there would be many turning away from the things of God. And we're living in that day when many are being offended at the truth and offended at, uh, at the, uh, the principles of God's Word. And uh, we're seeing that in America, and I'll, I'll just give you... Uh, a few things here in introduction in just a moment after we pray together, uh, just uh, as we look at our nation, but what is happening in our nation is a reflection of what is happening in churches, and what is happening in churches is a reflection of what is happening in the homes of America today. And so experiencing that falling away, John chapter 6, we're going to begin at verse 60. John chapter 6, verse 60, we'll come back and give some context to this passage of Scripture. It reads, Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is an hard saying, who can bear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? What, and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. And then it states, From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. And so there were a group or a multitude really that were offended at the teachings of Jesus, and they walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou, uh, that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. And, and that is so important. If you are to keep from being offended, you need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You need to know what you believe, whom you believe, and be steadfast in that. Never sway. And Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, 
being one of the twelve. And so the question tonight in verse number 61, doth this offend you? Doth this offend you? Let's go to the Lord this evening and uh, we need his help. And would you ask the Lord tonight to have his way in this service? Father, we thank you. You're so good, so gracious to us, and you've given us a wonderful day. And Lord, here tonight, we need to hear from you again. And Lord, I, I pray tonight that you would give us truth that would be of eternal value. And Lord, I'm grateful uh, to know here tonight as I preach that you know every heart in this audience. And, and Lord, there, there are some right here tonight that uh, they're not saved. And Lord, some here tonight that uh, that's the need of their heart. And Lord, you know a heart and you know the need. Lord, maybe there are others here tonight, they're saved, but they're not quite where you want them to be. And I pray here tonight our hearts would be challenged to follow you, to obey you, to submit to you, that your way would be done. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. And I, I want to, to begin here tonight just, just really looking, first of all, at, at a political thought or this thought as to where we are in America. And I, I think it's pretty evident that we're experiencing a great turning away today from American values. And I think it's evident that our culture is changing. And we might say that today many are offended at what America has been and what America has stood for in the past. And I believe America, if you study our background, you know history, America was founded as a Christian nation. We were based uh, as uh, upon biblical values. And uh, that become offensive unto many. Uh, we no longer want the Bible in our schools. We no longer want prayer uh, or the Ten Commandments in our school. And, and that has become offensive to many people, what America has stood for, our very foundations. Uh, do you know that here tonight, it is illegal uh, in some places to share the gospel. And yet the Lord has encouraged us always to make known our faith, never to be ashamed of it. And the reason being is that's offensive unto many. Now, it doesn't bother uh, most people when you say, I believe in Santa Claus, and you try to convince them that Santa Claus is real. Uh, they look at you and you're just a looney tune. But for some reason, when you say, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I believe that He is real, and that He is the only door to heaven, that becomes offensive unto some people. And so the question, does this offend you? Now, America was also as a capitalistic nation. And by that, we believed in a strong work ethic. We believed that if a man didn't work, that he ought not to eat. And uh, we believed that a, a man that did not provide was worse than an, an infidel, as the Bible describes in 2 Timothy. And, and yet that message is offensive unto many, and multitudes are turning towards uh, socialism and even a communism, and that is becoming very popular. And uh, these are events coming up in our, in our election, very important, you know, biblical principles and, and the, the basis of the Word of God. I was listening to an interview with a college that was on a college campus, and, and uh, the, one of the interviews, and, and uh, the majority of college students were making the statement uh, that they believed it was the responsibility of our government uh, to pay their school bill. And so they were asked the question, where is the money going to come from? And then the statement was, wait, well, uh, well government is rich and uh, the government can afford that. And, and so that was the, the attitude. And then the question was, was given, uh, what about the government paying your credit card debt? And there were several that responded, well, yes, 
Uh, they ought to pay my credit card debt as well. And that's almost as if that's my right. And we've come to that place. We don't understand uh, biblical values of the work ethic. You know, America was founded as a moral nation. Uh, our constitution was established for a moral people. And our morality was guided by the word of God or by the uh, But moral absolutes have become offensive today. And many are offended at the thought of the traditional family. Uh, Many are offended at the thought that we are to wait until marriage for the sexual relationship and that the Word of God has directed that one man would be for a woman and that God made a man and that God made a woman. And uh, we've gotten away from that natural use of the man and the natural use of the woman and we've uh, departed in some of those things. And for many that is offensive today. And it has become offensive to many that we pledge to the flag. And we do so with respect, understanding that multitudes, and I'm thankful for those that have given their lives uh, for this country. And I have the freedom tonight to preach in this pulpit because many have directed and given their lives. And I have relatives that died in wars and gave their life that I might have the freedom to preach the Word of God. Yet that has become offensive to many. And there's a falling away that is happening in America today. And that falling away, that change in American culture, I believe is affected because of churches and multitudes are leaving biblical churches, offended with the message, offended with the music, offended with the moral values, offended with the ministry and the calling of the church. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 19 verse 14 It's an Old Testament law, Old Testament principle that God gave to the children of Israel. And he says, Thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark, which they of old time have set in thine inheritance, which thou shalt inherit in the land that the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess. And what God said, when you enter into the promised land, there are going to be some landmarks. And he said, you're not to remove those landmarks. And uh, let's say your property line goes right to to here. You're not to remove that landmark and move that landmark uh, to somebody else's property. Uh, Those landmarks are set, they are established for a reason. But there is a, a principle that is set forth. And I believe biblically there are some landmarks. There are some values. There are some biblical principles that are not to be removed. And yet many today are removing those landmarks and many are upset today with strong biblical preaching and offended by the biblical message of the past that has made America what it is today. Now during the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, we read of the time that where many were offended at His message. I want you to look here in in verse 66 of John 6. And the Bible says, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Now here's the greatest preacher of all time, the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet the time came in his ministry when many were offended at that message. And they went away. And we're going to look at that tonight. And and I believe the same thing 
is happening. There are multitudes of young people that are not faithful in church. And we read that in some cases, and I'm grateful that's not the case here at Valley Bible Baptist, but in some cases they say as many as 80% of high school students, once they graduate from high school, never darken the door of a church again. And so what happened, there's a message that has been offensive, and we'll see that tonight. Uh, we read in the, the ministry of Paul the Apostle. In fact, we'll keep your place in the Gospel of John, but I want you to go to John, uh, the Gospel, or not the Gospel, but the book of Galatians for just a moment. Uh, Galatians chapter 1. And we'll find even in the ministry of Paul the Apostle, near the end of his life, uh, Paul made the statement, All the of Asia are turned away from me. They were offended at the message. And in the church of Galatia, uh, we read uh, a statement Paul made, Galatians chapter 1 and verse number 6. And this is kind of uh, what happens in the Gospel of John chapter 6. In Galatians 1 verse number 6, Paul stated to this church or to these churches of Galatia, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him who called you into the grace of Christ. Notice this, unto another gospel which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. He says, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have received, let him be accursed. Now this was happening in the churches of Galatia. Uh, there were false gospels that, that uh, had arisen. And let me state tonight, there's only one gospel. There's only one way to be saved. And that door is the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other door but the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the blood of Christ shed upon the cross whereby we are saved. That's the one gospel. And uh, religion's not going to get you to heaven. Uh, baptism's not going to get you to heaven. Being a good person is not going to get you to heaven. You must be born again. And you must be of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the one door, the only door into heaven. Now that gives us some background. What happened in the ministry of Christ? Let's look here in the Gospel of John chapter 6. And we'll see here the multitudes that followed Christ. In verse number 1, John chapter 6 it reads, After these things Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude, get the picture here, crowds followed him. And notice, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them which were diseased. Now you picture the scene. Uh, here near the Sea of Galilee, there's the, the city of Tiberias, and there's a Capernaum that we're going to see at the end of the chapter. And, and through these villages and cities of uh, the Sea of Galilee, Jesus preached and Jesus taught in the synagogue. And, uh, but he often healed disease. Uh, the lame came to Jesus and they were made to walk again and the blind were made to see and the deaf were made to hear and uh, the time came when Jesus spoke the word and said peace be still and the Sea of Galilee became as, uh, as a, a piece of glass and uh, the demon possessed were healed and lepers were made whole and clean. Can you imagine these miracles taking place and multitudes followed Jesus Christ? Now just imagine somebody having the power to go into the hospital here in Española and uh, simply go from room to room 
And every person was to be healed. That's a miracle. And if somebody had the ability to do that, and by the way, the, the healing in the Old or New Testament, is, uh, it's a whole different message, but I, I believe there were signs of an apostle. And, and I don't believe we have those gifts in that sense today. I do believe we have a God that can heal. Uh, but I, I don't believe we're going to see outside the Lord Jesus Christ this taking place. He was the only one that could heal in the hospital as such. And everybody that came to Jesus, the Bible speaks of that power that he healed multitudes, followed the Lord Jesus Christ. Crowds thronged into his presence. Now, we follow those crowds. Some were curious and some wanted to see a miracle. Look in chapter 6 and verse number 5. And we have one of the great miracles here of the Bible taking place in these next verses. It reads, When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company... Come unto him, he said, to Philip, whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And, and we know this story, this miracle, where Jesus fed the multitudes, 5,000 men besides the women and children. Uh, Jesus took one little boy's lunch, five loaves of bread, two little fishes, and with that small lunch, Jesus fed the crowds. In fact, so much so that all were filled, and there were 12 basketfuls of fragments that remained that they collected. It was a miracle. And after that miracle, John 6, verse 14, it reads, Then those men which they had seen the miracle that Jesus did said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. And they've witnessed this miracle. And they said, Wow, this is that prophet that we've been expecting that would come into the world. And, and then verse 15, When Jesus therefore, therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again to a mountain himself alone. I had the wrong motive in following Jesus. He, he perceived that motive. And when he saw that they were seeking to make him the king, he could provide, he could meet their needs. He's, he's a president, he's a king uh, that can meet every need that you have. And he's the one that can pay the college bill. And he's the one that can pay the credit card debt. And he's the one that can meet all of your needs. And that's how they looked at the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll never go hungry again with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so let's make him king. Jesus perceived that. Their motive was wrong. He went away alone. But the crowds continued to pursue him. Look in verse 24. It says, When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping, came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? They didn't realize he walked across the sea. In verse number 26, Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. He had the, they had the wrong motive. And now we read in this next section of Scripture, Jesus began to teach him. Now you think about this, uh, people have various reasons for going to church. Some looking for a handout, some want blessings. Maybe God will give me finances and a job and power and on and on it goes. And there are those motives and some are seeking relationships and fun and peace and on it goes. And it's not based out of a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to look at that here in just a moment this night. And so we have the multitudes that followed Christ. Now we move from those multitudes to the message that Christ preached. See, it was a simple gospel message. As we said, there's only one gospel. And that gospel is the Lord Jesus Christ. His death, His burial, 
His resurrection. His payment for our sin that we might have eternal life. You notice in John 6 verse 26, Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you deeded the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. See, Jesus recognized that they followed him for what they could get from him, for the food, for the clothing, for the housing, but not for the salvation that he had come to give unto them. They had the wrong motive. He said, don't labor for that meat which passes away. But he said, you seek for everlasting life. And he said, that's my purpose. That's why I came. Verse 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God that you believe on him whom he has sent. The simple gospel message. Uh, They asked Jesus for a sign in these next verses. Our fathers ate manna from heaven. Uh, What will you give us, basically, is the question. Verse number 32. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. He says in verse number 34, Then they said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. One of the I am statements uh, showing that Jesus is God. Uh, The great I am of Exodus chapter 3. I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. Here's the gospel message. But I said unto you that you also have seen me and believed not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. And here's the wonderful message. All of us are sinners. All of us deserve hell. Uh, But the Lord says all that turn to the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. All that come to me, I will give them eternal life. That's the wonderful privilege. And I thank the Lord for that night. I called out to the Lord Jesus Christ and Jesus came into my heart and he became my Lord and my Savior and I will never have to go to hell. See, that's the message that Jesus came to preach. As we move on, look in verse 40. In verse 40, And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. It was a simple message, but that simple message was offensive to many. You notice in verse 41, Then the Jews murmured at him. Very simple message. I'm the bread of life. But they've murmured because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then he saith, I came down from heaven? That same crowd that in verse 14 wanted to anoint him king because he had just fed the multitudes, that very same crowd is now saying, How does he say, I'm come down from heaven? It's the same crowd, but their motives were wrong. Not a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. In verse number 47, again, Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am 
that bread of life. That's that simple message. But you notice in verse number 58, this statement, This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna, and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. In verse number 60, many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying, who can bear it? Now, simple message that Jesus is giving, I am the bread of life. He that believeth in me hath everlasting life. Very simple message and their response, this is a hard saying, who can bear it? You notice in verse number uh, 63, this statement, and this becomes very important. Jesus said, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. See, that simple death, burial, and resurrection, and, and what Jesus was preaching was salvation by grace apart from works. Uh, through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ alone. See, religion appeals to the flesh. Uh, religion says, I can earn my way to heaven. Religion says, I can eventually be good enough for heaven. Uh, the grace of God, true Christianity, preaches that I die to myself. There is absolutely nothing that I can do to earn my way to heaven. I can never be good enough for heaven. I can never pay the price for heaven. I must depend upon Jesus Christ and Him alone for heaven. Uh, that message becomes offensive. My dear granny uh, went to a vacation Bible school to be a helper. My dad was just a little boy. And at that vacation Bible school as a, as a helper, my granny, a very moral person, a very good person, but the teacher makes the statement, had the audacity to make this statement, that if you are depending upon anything outside the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not saved. My granny got mad because she was a good person. And she thought she deserved heaven. How could that teacher tell me that I'm not good enough for heaven? How could that teacher tell me that I'm a sinner? And that was an offensive message. It was so offensive that she couldn't sleep for three days and finally realized I'm lost and my religion can't get me to heaven. I need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and my dear granny was born again when my dad was just a little boy. And I'm so thankful for the teaching of the heritage that my granny gave and I had the privilege, my granny became a Sunday school teacher and was one of my Sunday school teachers and oh, what a godly, godly woman she became. But that message of salvation by grace through faith in Christ was offensive unto her for a time. See, that's our flesh. Our flesh battles this true gospel. Now, I want to take that thought after Jesus gave that simple message, you'll see the many that left. Look at verse 64. He says, but there are some of you that believe not. You see, he knows the hearts of all men. Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. In verse number 66, from that time, it says, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. You see, they realized Jesus was not coming to meet their 
physical needs, although he does. He came to meet their spiritual needs and that went right to their flesh and that told them that they were all sinners in need of a Savior that was offensive. And they walked no more with him. He spoke then directly to the twelve and you'll follow this. Look in verse 67. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Will ye go away also? Or also go away? I want you to notice the response of Simon Peter. Very important. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then I want you to notice verse number 71. He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. And we know the story. I don't believe Jesus or Judas Iscariot was ever saved. Jesus knew that. He spoke of that. It's not that Judas was saved and then was lost. That's an impossibility. Judas Iscariot had walked with Jesus for three and a half years, but Judas Iscariot had never been born again. Judas Iscariot was a lost man. Judas Iscariot is in hell today because he rejected the simple gospel message of salvation by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now John chapter 6 explains this reason, the offense. Uh, They went away. They were not changed. They'd never been born again. They were not saved. I want to follow this thought And I want you to turn with me to 1 John chapter 2. We're talking about being offended. And I'm thoroughly convinced as I read the word of God, here's one great reason many are offended. Why many leave church. Why many go away. In the book of 1 John chapter 2 verse number 18. 1 John chapter 2 verse number 18. The Word of God says, little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. Notice this, they went out from us, think of Judas, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have no doubt continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. The Bible says, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name we had done many wonderful works. And Jesus said, then will I profess unto them, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. Now Jesus is not saying, I knew you at one time, and now you've gone away. But he said, I never knew you, depart from me. He said, you've never been born again, you've never been saved. This was the case with Judas Iscariot, never saved, and thus he went away. And so often... This is the case. I've witnessed through the years type of thing. Remember a young woman that had been baptized and rode the bus and made a profession of faith, and then we lost, uh, we lost contact. Many years later, I was out knocking doors and came across the young lady, and, and she was now part of a, a cult. And as I began to speak to her about the Lord Jesus Christ and said, I remember those times you used to come. And her statement was, I've realized that Jesus is not God. And I said, then you've never been saved. For the Bible teaches that Jesus is God and only as God that he can save us. And it was very evident there had never been a new birth relationship with Jesus Christ. Now there are several examples in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, there's Judas Iscariot. Turn your Bible to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And you'll notice what uh, Jesus taught here, this parable 
of the sower. And he said in, in Mark chapter number 4, there are four types of hearers. In Mark chapter 4, look with me in verse number 15, and, and we'll just uh, very quickly for the sake of time uh, look at these types of hearers. Verse number 15, here's the first type. He said, these are by the wayside where the word is sown. And when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And so here is one that uh, the seed was sown but never took root and they were never saved and that word was stolen away. He says in verse 16, And these likewise are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves, so endure but for a time afterward an affliction or persecution ariseth. For the word's sake immediately they are offended. They go away. Why? They were never saved. They were never born again. The word had never taken root in their heart. He says, and these are they which are sown among thorns. Verse 18, such as hear the word and the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and the loss of other things. Enter in and choke the word. It becometh unfruitful. And, and perhaps this is a group that maybe got saved, but the cares of the world kept them from growing in the things of God. But he says, verse 20, and these are they which are sown on good ground. He says, such as hear the word, receive it, bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some an hundredfold. Now, these are those that were truly born again. Now in the book of Mark, chapter number 10, the story is told of the rich young ruler. And I want you to turn there. Let's just look forward, Mark chapter 10. This rich young ruler came to Jesus Christ. And he asks a question. Verse 17, when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, and, and here's the, it's a false question. What shall I do? What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Here's a, a good man, a good moral man. You read through this and he's looking for his means of earning his own way into heaven which is an impossibility. There's nothing that you can do. It's all been done by Jesus. And on the cross, he called, it is finished. But this man questions, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus went to his heart. And then in verse number 22, and he was sad at that saying, and he went away grieved. He was offended, for he had great possessions. And he was not born again. Now some, the gospel message is offensive because it means death to the flesh. Now we're living in a day when many no longer preach the gospel. That the only door to heaven is Jesus. There's nothing you can do to earn your way to heaven. That you can't even keep yourself. That only Jesus can keep yourself. And, and the reason it's no longer preached is it's become offensive. And, and we'd also say a lot of churches, they do not preach the gospel. The gospel requires a decision. And, and many people leave good churches because they're offended at the gospel. Rather than making a decision, they go away. Like the rich young ruler, offended at the truth because it goes down to the flesh. That's what my granny did. She said, I'm, I'm going away. If that church is going to tell me that I can't get to heaven by my good works, I'm going away. Now, thank the Lord she couldn't sleep. And she, in her mind, I'm not going back to that church. <laughs> I don't like that church. But the truth began to penetrate her heart and the Holy Spirit began to deal with her heart. And my granny called out to the Lord Jesus Christ and a glorious change in her life and no longer 
was she offended at the gospel? And so this happens so many times, many go away. Just a couple of concluding thoughts here tonight. Our message is an ancient landmark. And may we never change that message. The one gospel. Uh, Many may be offended, but we can never change the heart without the true gospel. Uh, We'd also say, don't be surprised if some go away. Multitudes followed Jesus, but some went away, offended at the gospel. Uh, Many left the ministry of Paul, offended at the gospel. Uh, Some will go away, offended to the message. Now, I want to close, go back to the gospel of John chapter 6. And here is the key for all of us tonight. John chapter 6. I want you to look with me at verse number 67. John chapter 6 and verse number 67. As multitudes left the Lord Jesus Christ, then said Jesus unto the twelve, will ye also go away? Here's the key thought for you tonight. Verse 68. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Now here's what kept Peter and the apostles close to Jesus. They believed that Jesus was the only door. They believed that he was the only way. And they said, Lord, uh, we could go away, but where will we go? You're the only one that is true. You're the right one. And we are going to follow you. And friend, that's the key here tonight, is to know that you know the Lord Jesus Christ, to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, to believe that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, having surrendered your life unto the Lord Jesus Christ. A relationship with Jesus in not being offended. Now last week we looked at this thought Uh, Psalm 119, verse 165, Great peace have they thy law, and nothing shall offend them. You see, I've found through the years that those that are truly born again, a lot of things can happen in their life, but with their eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, they're not going away because their eyes are fixed upon Christ, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. But the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He's our Savior. He's our way. He's our door. He's our life. Every head bowed and every eye closed here tonight. I wonder here tonight, can you say, preacher, I have been born again. Jesus is my Savior. He lives in my heart and my life. I I know 100% tonight if I died, I'm going to heaven. Can you say that and give that testimony with an uplifted hand? There's been a time and a place by faith. I'm not dependent upon my goodness, my flesh. Uh, There's nothing I can do to earn heaven. I've trusted Christ, and you can give that testimony. I've trusted Him. He's my Savior. I wonder here tonight if there's one that would say, Preacher, I'm not certain if I died, I'd go to heaven. And and that's the need of my heart. And and I I know God's been dealing with me about this. Would Would you pray for me tonight? I need to get this settled. Is there anybody like that tonight? The Lord has brought you here tonight, and you know. That's the need with the